2: plushcare.com slash weight loss connecting to the big show
3: in
4: three, two, one. Everybody just wants to be contented. Everyone wants to be happy. Right now is the most important moment. It's just so unfair on every child who doesn't have options.
5: It's amazing how unintelligent people. They're all astonished. What is the matter with these people?
2: We're the one for cork and ready to talk. Can
4: we just talk? Call 0818
2: 96 96. WhatsApp 083 396 96 96.
4: Email opinion at 96fm.ie.
2: The lines are live. Let's kickstart the conversation. This is The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan.
4: On Cork's 96FM.
2: Oh, what a night was
6: had by all. What a fabulous, fabulous evening we had at the Best of Cork Awards. 2022 in Le Cabaret in Reardon's. What a job they've done! What an amazing venue! You've never seen the like in Cork, I promise you. Dancers, acrobats, people swinging out of the ceiling, fire. Oh, you name it, and there's bands. Um, oh, the only thing we didn't have last night was a juggler, and I'm sure they could have produced one if, they, if if we asked for it. What a wonderful venue. What a wonderful event. Lovely evening. We had such great fun. Myself and Fiona presented a whole bunch of the awards, and uh, Simon and Lorraine presented of them as well, and Ken Perrett hosted the whole evening. We had just a fabulous, fabulous time with all of our Best of Cork Award winners. I could go through the whole list I won't, but just just some of them that, that stood out that were really, really delighted, I mean thrilled. The lads from the beer garden, good morning. They won best bar. Uh, they were absolutely ecstatic. Three degrees, uh, the hairdressers, they won again. They won before, I think. They were over the moon. The people from Foot Island... Won for the best business Instagram. They were brilliant. Uh, the Elm Tree was best restaurant. That was a good, good catch. And then health and fitness. Who I think are previous award winners. They won again. All voted, of course, by the people of Cork. And at the end of it all, all of the winners went into a hat for an overall draw for a five thousand euro promotions campaign. Here with Cork's 96FM. And that was won by the hotel, the best hotel, which was the Dean. They went on to win that uh, overall prize. And uh, after the celebrations had died down just a little, you'll hear the noise in the background. Fiona caught up with Ian. uh, That's Ian Keating, general manager of the Dean Hotel.
0: So Ian, congratulations. The Dean Hotel has won the overall prize here at the Best of Cork Awards. How does it feel?
7: Oh my God, I mean, look, we weren't expecting it at all. Um, thank you to all the people of Cork for voting us. I mean, for us, being part of Cork is huge. We're so proud of it. I mean, at the doors, on our signs and the front door, it says, we're not perfect, but being from Cork is close enough. So to us, being part of Cork is the biggest thing for us. So thank you to everyone for voting.
8: And like
0: the Best of Cork Awards. It's not picked by the radio station. It's picked by the public. So, you know... It- so many people came out and voted for you guys
7: yeah I mean look I mean it's incredible that everyone loved us so much as we were walking up to collect the award people were all screaming for us and thanking us for our great nights they had so we're so proud to be part of those little moments birthday celebrations whatever it may be we're just there for you to have an amazing time so we're so glad that people voted and thank you
0: and Ian like obviously the Dean is a fairly new hotel to Cork but it's really made its mark here in Cork I mean like there's so much to offer your customers and everything else like we were talking there about all the things that you have why do you think it is so popular what do you think makes it so popular with people?
7: I suppose, look, there's a few things. I mean, Horganski is a fantastic new development we're part of, um, and we're really lucky. We are really push boundaries out with the Dean, so our style, our design, even going down to our uniforms, you know, our motto is we don't do conventional, we do fun. So we live and breathe that, and that comes down to every single staff member. You know, we want everyone to love what they do when they come to work, because if they're having a great time, everyone coming in is going to have a great time. Yeah. Um, and then it's unique, you know, Cork needed a rooftop restaurant like Sophie's, um, DJs in the lobby, really funky rooms with Marshall speakers and vinyl record players and just bringing a bit of life into that side of the city we're so proud to be part of that redevelopment you know McCurtain um, Street is coming on and it's just like so exciting to be down here in Cork
0: yeah because I was down there a while ago and I was just standing at the rooftop looking out and it is amazing to see the amount of development that's happening there and like the Dean is in the heart of it all yeah
7: yeah I mean look we're the first kind of phase in the Ski development I'm yeah. so excited when it's going to be finished because it'll just be like something out of the Docklands in Dublin it'll be just spectacular to be part of um, and I mean by bringing the train station back, getting people on the trains from Middleton and bringing in from commuter towns to come for their dinner. I love seeing that. It's its giving people a chance not to drive, get on the train and actually use public transport again, which is what it's all about, really.
0: How much of an appeal is the famous swing? <laughs>
7: <laughs> it's so much of an appeal that we have four on the ground floor and two on the sixth floor. So they're pretty popular. We also have a set of ring swings in our power facilities in the pool. and They're really popular. Really tough to pull yourself up on from out of the water, I must say. It looks easier than it is. But look, the swings are amazing. It brings a bit of a laugh. And you know what? from all ages everyone comes in and just starts laughing no matter what age you're because you're going what on earth is a set of swings doing here but that's all part of it is you just have to disconnect for the night and to be honest with you the meal you could be there for five hours and it's you're kind of sitting there going how has this happened Um, so as, as I said look it's all about fun
0: the last couple of years have been tough for the hospitality sector Um, but this year now we're seeing a real you know return to to people having their staycations people going away people having nights out I mean I'm here in a dress and heels and (laughs) I haven't worn that in years but um, are you getting that kind of a vibe from people?
7: Yeah look we had a really tough start I mean we opened in the heat of COVID so we opened in December um, and we opened for three weeks Um, and then we had we didn't have a grand opening or anything because the restrictions wouldn't allow it Um, and then we were closed for six months so you know we put a lot of effort in recruiting an amazing team retaining them opening and then obviously Covid shut us for six months so when we bounced back in June last year this was our first full year of business and from month to month we've been growing our team have retained we're so so lucky and it's just spectacular to be welcoming people back Cork style because we're so happy to be there um, and you know hospitality is bouncing back there's huge demand and for the summer the first summer 80% of our guests were off from Cork so I have to thank all of you for staying with us because without you we wouldn't be here so thank you to everyone in Cork because we loved having you guys I mean when we used to check people and ask where you're travelling from you'd expect a few hours you get the answer two minutes down the road and you're laughing with them but you know what it's special that someone leaves the house to stay with us that it's that close Um, and we were so happy to give people that opportunity
0: you have a new cocktail menu and there's so much work that goes into these cocktails talk to me about cocktails
7: (laughs) (laughs) cocktails are a bit of Pandora's box I mean look you've got your classics out there that everyone knows and then you've got those standout ones that people come so I suppose the most famous one in Sophie's would be the rated ore. Um, it's the one that you probably see on Instagram stories where they flame throw the bit of meringue on top and it's oh a lemon yeah. underneath so it's spectacular to look at um, but there's a lot of work goes into it we have three other deans we've got the Dean Galway and Dean Dublin so the three of us came together with the Sophie's rooftop team to create a menu that'll suit all three of our properties so we have unison between them um, and there was a lot of back and forth and different flavours and too much but you know what I'm really excited to launch this very soon um, and there's going to be some incredible flavours mixed in so what about
0: the best of Cork cocktail You know <laughs> what? Best of Cork Awards are 96FM cocktail.
7: We could change some of the names because we haven't even decided on them now, so you know what now that we've won, I think there's opportunity for that
0: <laughs> Brilliant, love to see it 96FM cocktail on the menu at the Dean, <laughs> you heard it here first Ian, thanks a million and enjoy the rest of your night.
7: Thank you so much, thank you to everyone again for voting, thank you.
6: That's Ian Keating General Manager of the Dean Hotel they won the overall award on the night another Ian responsible for the beats and the rumble you heard at the background, there. Uh, that's uh, Ian Turner, uh, the jock at the cabaret last night, who gave a great performance, I have to say, myself and Pierce McCarthy were sitting, two very critical DJs sitting, listening to the umpire doing a super job. So what an evening we had at the Best of Cork Awards. And and the winners, well, you voted for them um, in your huge numbers. Best hairdresser, like I said, was 3 degrees. Uh, Image Beauty won Best Beauty Salon. Best tradesperson was Bernard Power Carpentry. The Beer Garden was best bar. That was one of the hotly contested of all the categories. Best coffee went to Café beer Best barber to Barber Lane. Best takeaway to Dacent Munch. If we were all... Uh, If we're offering an award for best name, best business name, I think Decent Munch would have been up there as well with that. So congratulations to all of our winners. Huge thank you to everyone for voting and for taking part. The Best of Cork Awards 2022 over and done. Brought to you by localheroes.ie, your place to find trusted gas boiler installers, plumbers, electricians. And much more, and brought to you only by Corks ninety six
2: FM.
9: Can we just talk?
2: The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan.
4: Call us now. 96. on
2: Corks ninety six
6: FM. Show know, all the great things in in the best of Cork and the celebration of them last night, and then David O'Flynn sends us a tweet. This morning, thank you, David. Unfortunately, showing off the worst. Whoever did that, you know, I hope they slept well afterwards. You know, like down there by the Costa in in the centre of town, there's this was this beautiful planter full of gorgeous seasonal blooms. They're all over the place. great to see. You know, we knock the council for a lot on this programme, but whoever is responsible for those gorgeous coloured planters, well, a pat on the back. Unfortunately, they have a hard day's work ahead of them, because some scut or scuts decided it would be a good idea on their way home last night, probably full of beer, to just rip the plants and the flowers and the colour out and just mess it all, all over the ground It's just awful to see. It's disheartening to see. It's disappointing to see. It's terrible. Thanks for sending it in, David. It's not the first time someone's done this. Uh, You know, there's probably CCTV. I'm looking. There's a Costa next to that and a few more businesses. It looks like it's down around Emmett Place. There's got to be CCTV. If anyone's got CCTV of who did that, why don't you hand it to the guards? Because you'd just love to see them get a visit into Judge Kelleher or somebody for a bit of criminal damage and have them at least wrapped on the knuckles for that, because that's awful. That just ruins everything for everybody. Thank you. Thank you for that, David. 0818 96. I didn't know this uh, but until someone brought it to our attention. Can you highlight that the Motor Tax Office, which closed during the pandemic, is still not open? Without a very complicated appointment system, the motor tax office. Now, look, I haven't been there in years. I do my motor tax online, like so many people do, but others love to go to the office and do it there. And there, sometimes you have to do it there. If it's complicated or whatever. The pandemic may be over, but we're not. We're still closing places down to the public. Um, so, well, the pandemic isn't over, but you know what I mean. Everything's gone back to normal bar places like the motor tax office. You wonder why that is. Now, it's a big, huge office. And I know that there probably isn't as much throughput in terms of people that there would have been one time. But, but it, I didn't know that. It's still open. It's closed. And you, have to make a, you have to make an appointment. Well, there was a time, I, I don't know whether the post office ever took this seriously. I remember my father-in-law and many others all, often saying, Do you know what? The best place to collect motor tax would be your local post office. Just go in there, do the details and whatever. <sighs> Thanks for that. If anybody knows why that's in the situation, they could let us know at 0818 96 96 96. So Derek contacted the show yesterday to highlight a family in Mitchellstown that, that he was talking to who have been sleeping in their car because they can't find a place to live. They were recently made homeless. So, Stacey, it's your family that Derek was referring to when he spoke to me
10: yesterday. Yes, it is. What
6: has happened to you guys?
10: Um, my name is Stacey Breen. I'm living in Mitchisown myself. We are homeless since last Wednesday. We lost our private rent accommodation. Hmm. How did that no. happen? Um, the house has been up for sale since November. We got a notice. We're trying to find private rental accommodations, but we haven't. It's the problem with the houses crisis. Now, so it's very hard to get rental accommodation.
6: Mm-hmm. And are you entitled to things like HAP <laughs> or stuff
10: like that? Um, we're on HAP ourselves. Now, we are, like I said, we're home since last Wednesday. We went down to the council of to percent of being homeless. We asked for emergency accommodation. They said it's very hard to get emergency accommodation now over everything's going on. We've been on to TDs. We've been on to everyone. Even Derek is actually helping us ourselves. Mm. We're trying to get someone to help us. Now, we're on the council for ourselves for 12 years. There is three empty houses in Mitchell Sound that we know of that is actually ready to be given out as a council. Mm. But we have no luck ourselves. We find it very difficult. Mm. My husband's family has been helping us.
6: How many of you are there,
10: Stacey? There is four. There's four kids and two adults.
6: Okay. And how old are the kids?
10: They are 14, 8, 5 and 3. Okay.
6: This is very distressing for them, I'm sure.
10: It's very hard, to be honest, because we're not actually all together since last week. Our kids have been sleeping with their aunts and uncles, so they all go to one each. His mum and dad has been brilliant, so they took in all our bits from the house. I took in one of our sons. Myself and my husband have been sleeping in the car in the air mattress. Right. Now, the only good thing is, see, I'm from Limerick myself, and when I go down to my mum's house, my nana, she's living with my nana because she's her carer. So I have two toddlers together, and they're very loud, and the noise frighten her, so I can't actually stay that long. So my husband has the couch since my kids are not there. But I'm going back home now Wednesday, so... He was yeah. back in the car with us.
6: Stay, staying in the car, that's not something you can do.
10: It's not great, like, to be honest with you, but we should be looking. We have somewhere. We've been torn away. There was no merge combination. We have actually nowhere to go. Yeah. It's yeah. very stressful when you have four kids. School's coming back in three weeks' time. We don't know if we're going to have a house, we're going to have a rental house. The minute a rental house comes up on Mitchell, it's gone straight away with no explanation who got it. Or anything like
6: that. Yeah. You say you're on the council list with the last 12 years?
10: It's gone on 12 years this year, yes. yeah. We've never and and seen they that.
6: were aware, I take it, Stacey, in advance that you were, the house you were living in, They, the council was aware that that was being sold?
10: Yes, they got the notice. we got on to threshold everything to make sure that the notice was literate, that everything was perfect on it. And they just said that look for a much accommodation. Then they told us look for um, friends and family to stay with. Then yeah. they said to get on to all our all landlords and see if any of the houses still available. We told them that we're actually struggling because the fact that there is four kids that are getting pushed around, getting swapped to different homes, and the fact that we can't stay with them because there's actually no room. It's very hard to get someone to take in six. Yeah. A family of six. We're absolutely lost. We actually don't know what to do, where to go, where's my kids going to sleep tomorrow night if there's no room for them.
6: I know, I know. And you said that there are houses vacant.
10: Yes, there is three houses that we know in Mitchell Sound that are council houses that are empty and nearly ready to go. Yeah. They're actually literally ready because we passed them ourselves and we saw... That they were doing them up, they were kind of speeding up for them.
6: Yeah, and when you asked the council about, or did I assume you asked the council about those houses, oh,
10: well? they just say, um, wait for CBL up to um bid for it. Now, I've explained to the council myself, I have a disability in my eye, I was going blind in my left eye, that I had a cornea transplant in 2017 that I cannot drive because they would keep on to move to different towns. Yeah, and I was explaining to them that the kids are only they. They three-year-olds going to play school, the five-year-olds going into their, um, juniors. So I was like, I first keep them a school that they know of, that mm. they're comfortable, because it's very hard and kids over the COVID, over everything, trying to mix them with kids, and the kids are finally getting back into routine. Sure. And, and I they're all
6: going to local schools, are they? They are,
10: yes. Yeah. And it's just, um, they were just keep telling me to move to a different county, and I explained to them that I am busy not allowed to drive Yeah. over my site
6: and yeah. now yourself for your husband are you working
10: my husband works. ok I'm oh. with the kids
6: ok ok and you're just reaching out to see what is kind of, can someone uh, help just
10: awareness just awareness really because there's actually a lot of families I hear it myself on the radar that's actually going through the same thing because I was very martyring the situation that kind of Going on the radio speaking to you yourself to say about our situation because everybody knows now well, because I said my name. But you might see a bit of help from private landlord might be able to hear us and yeah, yeah. help us.
6: And you've got HAP, and you've your husband yeah. is working, so there's money there, you can pay rent.
10: Yes, the that's the only thing, yeah. We went for a mortgage ourselves there in January, we got refused because the fact my husband's on on a big salary and there's four kids four kids' liabilities, they said it's like an extra bill. So they said it's very hard to get a mortgage when you have kids that it's better to start off when you're single. I know, I know. My husband, he works and the fact that he has to drop the kids to school, be late for an hour, and then I have to figure out where I'm going for the day to wait for the kids to finish school. If it comes to it I have to go up to his sister's house or his brothers or walk right. around town and wait for them.
6: Because he's gone off in the car. Forgot that. He's gone off in the car to do his day's work.
10: Exactly. So yeah. you're
6: walking around with your hands hanging to you as it were, nowhere to go.
10: Yeah. If i if I am waiting for the kids I could be walking around town, I could be I could walk far as his sisters, but you know yourself everybody has their own life they've to do. I don't want to impose on them Just after They just have to wait around
6: for me. I know. Stacey, thank you for talking to me, and I wish you well.
10: Thank you so much for ringing. Bye.
6: Takes a lot of guts to contact uh, us like that, and thanks to Stacey. who you find yourself in an awful situation, yourself and your family, particularly I mean, back to school just around the corner. We're talking about it all the week. And they have no home. They have school, but they have no home. And it just adds to the whole thing. If anybody could help Stacey, uh, get in touch with us and we'll get in touch with her. Anybody who might have a place for a family. There's six of them. It's not e- an easy ask, but someone's got to be able to help. There's got to be something out there. Thank you, Stacey. 0818 96 96 96. The Revenue Office in Blackpool still closed uh, post-COVID restrictions. And the Motor Tax Office, as we heard earlier on, on that damaged planter uh, just above Costa There's a big CCTV camera, and at the back of Dunn's, there's another one, says Colm. You really would hope that whoever did that, just for the bit of crack and to be home-like, that they'd be caught and done for the criminal damage that it is. We've all heard about stalkers and the terrible things that they do and the terrible agony and uh, misery that they inflict on their victims. But an unusual type of victim of a stalker, at least To to my mind, anyway, I was surprised to read about this. Business people are now being stalked by sometimes unhappy customers. It's a strange situation. And some of them are turning to Mary Crilly at the Sexual Violence Center, Mary and her team, because they offer a service for people who are being stalked. Mary, that's an unusual one, that someone would be stalked because... uh, uh, A customer in their business was unhappy with service or something like that. Good morning.
11: Morning, PJ. I mean, it was for us too. We started up Stalking Ireland, uh, a website, and asked people to come in, give us their experience, to gather the prevalence and to talk to them and offer them support. I mean, I really welcomed the new legislation which validates people where now they can look at legislation and say they've been stalked and I can do something about it. But what did happen fairly soon, which did surprise me, uh, was a couple of businessmen rang, in, I think about five or six in total I would have thought about stalking being in intimate relationships or, you know, stalking you say, two girls who contacted us who constantly have this guy driving up and down the road, even though they're in a the cul-de-sac and stopping outside their house. You know, this kind of subtle thing where they don't have something to grab onto to to go to the guards, but they felt terrified and knew it was stalking. But what the men were saying to me, what they found so difficult was that it was so consistent. It wasn't like somebody complaining to them and saying, I don't like the service you gave, I don't like the contract you gave me. We had an agreement and you broke it and that might be a once-off or twice-off or maybe a legal situation and that would be the end of it this would be consistent, this would be deliberate, this would be kind of saying, I know where your daughter goes to school, I know where your wife is. And, you know, real stalking, really kind of consistent, kind of following, tracking, knowing people's movements. Um, And I think what the men we spoke with felt it wore them down. They were even shocked because they said that they were doing quite well. They didn't do well during COVID, but they were managing, but they weren't used to this consistent mm. contact kind of, and it just wore them down. I mean, one man said to me, um, he lived in different parts of the country, so we did contact another rape crisis centre who would support him because he was terrified about what this person might do to his daughter or his wife because that threat Christ. is always there, but he couldn't believe the ongoing thing of it and how it wore him down, and that's what stalking is. And my heart kind of went out to him because he felt so bad. He felt he was the earner of the household. He felt a wimp by doing this, but that's what stalking is, and that's what it's about, is about wearing somebody down so you have total power control over them and getting into all those social media accounts.
6: It's bullying, isn't
11: it? It's, it is, in the extreme. And I think it is so consistent. Whereas, you know, harassment, you know, somebody might get harassed at work and them, might happen occasionally, but when stalking happens, it just consists of an ongoing. And i just like to say to these men and women in business, is that you're not in you're not your own, you know, and contact somebody and contact the guards now that we know what's happening. And it's the only way to stop it. Yeah.
6: Because we've all heard the, the the TripAdvisor threat where someone isn't happy with their dinner uh, and they say, oh, I'll go to TripAdvisor about you. This is a whole different level. This is finding out where someone lives, following them creeping around behind them, watching their kids go to school and saying, I know your kids go to school. That's
9: ridiculous. That's just and And and
11: that's what it's about. It's totally nasty and totally wrong. And it's a crime now, thankfully. It always was in, in some kind of way, but legislation wasn't as clear or as cut as it is now, which is great. And it's just to ask people not to doubt themselves. If they feel it's going on, if they think it's going on, trust their instincts. Come to us. Come to the guards. The guards are quite prepared to to speak with you, especially those involved in the protective services unit to let you know what right you have and what you can do about it. Don't put up with it because it won't stop. I mean, these people have to be stopped. They're in a the minority. But I mean, can you imagine getting up in the morning wondering what's going to happen today? What's going to be done to me? um Is it going to stop? I don't know what more to do. Let's just work together and stop it.
6: It's terrible. It's terrible that yeah. people w- would would do that. And uh, if you go to the guards or go to yourselves and you make a statement, the law is now there. The, the guards must follow it up. I, but like, I would imagine that some people would know the name of their stock. Oh,
11: absolutely. I think the majority do. I will find out because the people are so around them so much and in their vision so much they will find out who they are the majority do know but then the majority are shocked because they say i barely know this guy um, and the women as well who are doing it the majority are men but women are doing it too and they say i knew him from my old school days or i knew him from somewhere i used to work but i don't know him that well and they're totally shocked at this person has appeared back in their life and they're wondering why is he doing this and they're just doing it because they can. They're doing it for power and control. And I don't know where they're trying to be. to get now, but they're terrifying people and destroying their lives because, you know, when something is so consistent and ongoing and frightening, it does wear you down. And that's where I'm asking, especially the men who are being stalked because they're being worn down. You are being worn down. That's the aim of it. Don't give yourself a hard time. Just let, go somewhere and let's see if we can do something
6: about it. All right, Mary, thanks. Mary Quilly, the Cork Sexual Violence Centre. The website she refers to is stalkingireland.ie. All the contact details you need are on that or go to the Garda station, make a statement. The law has changed. There is specific stalking law in place and, and jail terms are, are out there for people who do this this kind of thing. But what strikes me is you know Mary Crilly is one of these people that doesn't get surprised anymore and even she was surprised by this level of carry on oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six uh that yeah a lot of people are telling us there are plenty c c t v cameras around that area where that planter was damaged overnight wouldn't it be great if we could get some someone lifted for that awful behaviour. ninety six ninety six ninety six. Now down at Feed Cork, they're preparing, like many other places for the back to school rush and for helping people with back to school but they tell us that Feed Cork do, they? they say they've registered more families in the past six months than they registered in all of last year for their help Sharon Mullins, hi Sharon
12: Hi PJ, how are you?
6: Good, good, you're busy down there
12: Busy, always busy. Um, yeah, and I just tried to mention the figures there. And I suppose we're, you know, we keep our statistics all the time. We have done since we opened. And last year, for 2021, we registered 480 new families. Mm. And up to last week, I just checked with Emma there, and up to last week, we had registered 572 new families. Oh, wow. Like, there was a time, you know, you have people coming in who were maybe on... Social welfare or whatever, but we have a lot of people who are working now that come into us. You know what I mean? People and um, we we have one particular couple. Um, they actually live in the city. They're paying sixteen fifty in their rent. Mm. So I actually spoke to the, the the girl, and she said her salary pays the rent, mm. and they live on her husband's salary. Like it's very tough on people. And I actually think we probably haven't felt it yet because we're still in the summer. Yeah, You know what I mean?
6: The big so, energy um, bills haven't started to drop yet.
12: Yeah, yeah, and and you know what? Even just to listen to the radio and everything else and you're hearing about what's going to happen, I just I just really worry about people. I really do. Mm-hmm. Going forward, what's going to happen, you know?
6: Yeah. Talk um, to me about uh, the, the, the back to school as well. I remember the expense of sending a couple of kids back to school on top yeah. of... Heavy rent and on top of increasing energy bills, very hard for people.
12: Well, I think no matter who you are, going back to school, if you've more than one child, it's an expensive time. Um, like we work, this is our fifth year doing it, and it's probably the second or third. You know, we've had like three and a half thousand pets given to us by the the feed program. Uh-huh. Um, so it's, it's it's co-funded between the EU and the government and what it is is they give us um, stationery they're all individually packed we say the stationery goes um, for up to a second class from second class to sixth class and then the secondary school pack and you know even the secondary school pack I think last year we priced all of in the box and it was worth about €30 Euros. Yeah. you know what I mean because there's like so many hardbacks and whatever so all we ask is that people anybody can come in to collect them on Friday and Saturday between 10 o'clock and 2 o'clock, all we ask is that they bring in proof of the children because, you know, like we were audited actually two years ago and that's another reason I'm so happy that we've always kept our statistics because you can go back to the programme and say, you know, we don't share the information, but it gives us the statistics to go back and say, these are the kind of people we're helping and we'll be able to go back next year and say yeah, these are the type of people we're helping now it's just, it's a great way to do it because um, you know, you you can account for everything, and that's exactly what we do. We account for everything.
6: Yeah. Now, on your yeah. Facebook page, you you say that oh. you need some proof of the age of the school children, like a medical card, PPS, yeah. but you don't collect any data.
12: No, not none whatsoever. We just have to physically see it, um, and that's just really so that you know when we when we are audited again, auditors again, that we can say, yeah, this is what we did, and you know that's all that's all we're asking for is that there produce uh, the proof of their children. That's it. Yeah, yeah, I mean, we've had grandparents come in to collect books for their children. That's fine once they bring in the cards, yeah, you know. Yeah. So uh, I think we're happy to give them out. What we did last year is when we were finished with anybody who was a client or anybody at all, you can just rock up here on no Friday or Saturday, there's absolutely no problems. You'd be more than welcome. Yeah. And we have it set up. So just be prepared. I mean, if you're coming, let's like bring your kids. Your kids can carry their own back, you know, Yeah. because um, they're quite heavy.
6: Remind us again where you are. It's Cork Church, but maybe describe that for people.
12: So it's Cork Church. We're down the very end of our Plumker Street. We're almost at, like, we're at the back of Conley Hall. That's where right. the building is. I see. And, uh, like, we're a food bank of the city. We have been here since, we're here five years since May, like, you know, all that. Yes. Um, and our doors are open, you know, like, we try to do everything by appointment to make it more comfortable for people. Um, but like, you know, you're more than welcome to come in at any stage. And PG, you would come over and have a look. I know you'd be meaning to. There's just never the time. Fiona's been here with us a few times and, yeah. um, yeah, it's it's just, it's just you know, something that's very sobering. And we've had people bring their kids in here as well. You know, we'd have corporate teams that would help us. Actually, we have a particular scheme in the city at the minute. It's called uh, the After School Fuel. It's a project that we started last year. Yeah. And, um... So we deliver food at the moment to particular families at the weekend that the home school liaison has um, kind of said to us, you know, can you help these people at the weekend? Just for whatever reason, that there's no pressure. um, And somebody here goes out on a Friday um, to drop off, we say, food for the kids for the weekend. So they have a hot meal that comes from Brook Food, you know, there in the city as well, a great part business. and. They've been, and, and actually, they've been involved with us since COVID, and that's working out
6: great, you know. Um. It's it's fantastic that people are so willing to give to an organisation like yourselves to pass yeah. on to those in, in, in need. I guess Sharon, look, we're we're looking out at you know beautiful weather, and mm. it's lovely, and the energy bills are low because we're not using the heating, and we're only using electricity for what we need it for, and all that. But in a few weeks' time. It's going to get cold, it's going to get wet, it's going to get dark, and as I head into the winter, I'd say people like yourself, you've no idea what's going down the tracks. None of us have.
12: No, no, we haven't. And I, and I mean, I just even just to be listening to, this, listening to it now at the minute, you know, it's just, you know, you're listening to the media, that's what you're hearing every day. I mean, I hear people say, oh, you know, I can't feed the children because the, the heat shouldn't be able to so high People probably, they're not, they haven't hit those bills yet. Yes. I mean, I say give it give it two months, PJ. And I mean, you know yourself, August, you have kids yourself. No matter who you are, you're you're absolutely fleeced because once they go back into school, it's three euro for this, five euro for that. You know yourself, it's that's it's right. just a constant string of uh, euros here and there. And um, like if you're in a position where you're not being paid till Wednesday, your child in school on Monday, right. you know, that's hard going. I mean, yeah. we have people who would come in here and uh, they're not paid till Thursday. So yeah, so they're very grateful that we're them on, on Wednesday. Yeah. We have a cafe here, so people come in, sit down. It's it's complimentary; it's all free. And uh, we have an absolutely amazing team in here. They all give their time free of charge. And you know, we 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 actually worked out it takes us about four hundred man hours uh, and about thirty five volunteers to open for four hours in the week. Yeah. That sounds mad, now, But we do everything by the book. Yeah. So, you know, you know what I mean? People, we have, we have an amazing um, group of volunteers here. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I wish we weren't here. I was just going to get to that, Sharon. Yeah.
6: You know, I mean, I mm. remember talking to you when it was just being set mm. up uh, and the whole concept behind it. And it's great to see it so successful and mm. so well organized. And I have seen video from inside, like it hasn't been there yeah. yet, but I've seen video and photographs from inside. It's so well, so professionally done. But you mm. don't want to be there.
12: Absolutely not. And I suppose what we're trying to do is, you know, we have um, one of our our ladies here now, Rachel, has really encouraged, we say, even our volunteers, some of our volunteers may have been clients at some stage. And, you know, she has encouraged people to get back into education. And, you know, uh, it's not only we providing the service to our clients, but it's really important that we provide, you know, as good a service to our volunteers. So we do want to get back. We have people who have got back into education, um, and we have someone going off to UCC. though know, again, this year, but it's all tied into what we're doing. So you know, eventually the plan is we, we, you know, that it'll change. You know what I mean? That mm. you, people won't be dependent on a food bank. You know, we yeah. should only be providing say, a supplement. We yeah. don't want to provide everything for the week. You know what I mean? That's right. So. That's right. But, but then we will, you know, our plan is to signpost people to the services that they require. Like our our biggest thing at the minute now is we have two vans and um, trying to keep them on the road. And we have to keep them on the road. We have a chill van because, as I say, we do everything to the highest standard. I, I've, seen this,
6: I've
12: seen that van, yeah. Yeah, and that came from Tesco. That was an um, event that Tesco gave us. And, uh, like you know, when we pick up food from Food Cloud, we have to make sure that it goes in at the right temperature. You know what I mean? Like food safety is massively important. Sure. And that's another reason that we check people's details when people come and re- they register with us. So something is recalled. We we know who's been in on the day and we contact them to say, oh, you know, such a thing has been recalled. So there's, there's lots of pluses to what we do. and um, as I say if we don't share information it just allows us to keep
6: this so so professionally run so well organised so you're there this weekend 12th and 13th August between 10 is it 10 and 2?
12: 10 in the morning and 2 and like if you come at you know, five past ten, we'll have lots. If you come up five to two, we'll still have lots. Okay. So don't be in a panic, you know? Okay.
6: And just, just and, some just some evidence that you actually have children for who... Yeah.
12: yeah. Well, you you know yourself, like, you know, if we're audited, and we have been audited, we want to do things properly, you know? Right. We want to do things properly. And that's all, that's all we want to do. And, you know, what we have left over, we will get up to them, the Dutch schools, because we work with about 13 Dutch schools at the moment. So we will be in touch with those then as well, you know? So, um... That's, that's the plan. So it they all go to the right places.
6: All right. Fantastic work you're doing down there at Feed Cork. Sharon Mullins and a, a team of many, many volunteers. They don't want to be there. They shouldn't have to be there, but they're there. and They're doing it. Cork Church, go in behind Connolly Hall and, and you'll find it. Uh, and they'll help you with whatever it is that you need. Just something you might be interested in or you might have a relative or a friend or a granny or a granddad or a mum or dad who's interested in this. Let them know because they haven't been... There for a little while. Mass devotions will be held this Monday, uh, August fifteenth, to mark the feast day of the Assumption. It'll be at the Lee Road Shrine, seven thirty Monday, August fifteenth. It's the fifty-first year of the event, and all are welcome. Ask to pass that on. Happy to do so. Go
1: it's showtime. So
2: Here's some of the winners from the Cork's 96 FM Best of Cork Awards. Best
4: hairdresser, three degrees, best beauty salon, image beauty salon, best tradesperson, Bernard Power Carpentry, best bar, the beer garden, best barber, barber lane, best breakfast, market 18, best coffee, cafe Via.
9: the
2: best of Cork Awards.
4: With localheroes.ie for trusted tradespeople with a 12-month warranty backed by Board Gosh Energy.
2: Only on Corks 96 FM. The lines are live. And we're ready to talk. Can we just talk? Call 0818
4: 96 96
2: 96. Text or WhatsApp 083 396 96 96.
4: Email opinion at 96 fm.ie
2: the Opinion Line with PJ Coogan
4: on Cork's 96 FM.
6: Just can't drag my eyes away from the window of Studio One here at Broadcasting House, looking down at the late summer sun beating down on our beautiful city. It's just so gorgeous. Like, the miles and miles, not a cloud in the sky. I can nearly see over the hill down to conceal. It's just stunning. Stunning, stunning, stunning. With us for the next couple of days, and I know there are heat warnings, and I know we're being asked to mind ourselves in the sun, particularly mind people who are vulnerable to the heat. All of that aside, and all of the worries about the planet and the climate, they're all very valid worries. But all of that aside, let us enjoy a bit of late summer sunshine. I was reading an article uh, over the last couple of days which said that the last time we had temperatures like this in August, and I thought, yeah, I remembered that. It was 1995, and I was working here in the newsroom, and I was covering people's holidays, and they were all away in August, and I was going away in September. I will never forget the heat inside the newsroom. But it's great. That's just beautiful. 0818 96, 96, 96 on homelessness. And this is true. And this has come up so many times, so many times over the years. It makes no sense. No one can ever answer why it's supposed to make sense. No one ever seems to get their head around the fact that it makes no sense. The idea that councils won't intervene until you are actually homeless rather than get help for you while there's a period of notice. It's just mind-blowing. Someone needs to explain why that is. All of the figures from daft.ie showing rent going up and up and up. It's just going to cripple people even more. And no one's ever been able to explain to me or to anybody else in any way that's even half satisfactory why it is that if you learn today your landlord with the best will in the world might be the nicest person in the world, comes to you and says, look, I'm selling the house and I'm going to need you gone by the 1st of December. Let's just say, so this is what, August, I'm going to, I'm selling the house and and I'm going to need you gone by, say, the end of December. And I'm sorry, but this is just how it is. So you know you're going to have a serious problem come the back end of the year. Why is it? Why is it? And in what language does it make sense that you can't go down to the City Hall Today, or the county hall today, and register your name to say there's a possibility you will need homeless services in three months' time. Just put your name down, rather than having to wait until you are there with your kids and your bags and your baggage with nothing. It doesn't, no one's ever been able to explain to me why that makes sense. Ever. And I think you'll probably be old and grey, or maybe older and grayer, before anyone can even try. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. Did it ever occur to you that you or a loved one might have or be at risk of developing diabetes? Would you know yourself if you were showing early symptoms of type two diabetes, or would you know yourself if you were showing you weren't unwell and God, you know, if you weren't feeling right, what would be the symptoms to watch for in in a child or a loved one? You know, um, Diabetes Ireland are constantly raising awareness of this. I'm joined by Claire Norton, who is a diabetes nurse and the regional development officer with Diabetes Ireland. And and Claire, it it is particularly type 2. We'll talk about the two types in a minute. It's very, very common, but people can walk around with it or or be close to developing it for a long time and never know? Good morning.
13: Good morning, PJ. Um, Yes, absolutely. Um, So I suppose in particular type 2 diabetes, you can have it and not know it. Um, And I guess what we'd want to highlight is the risk factors. So there are things that... Um, can increase an individual's um, chances of developing diabetes. Mm. So it's important that people are aware of the risk factors and if they are at risk that they you know, get routine yeah. blood tests done with the GP because diabetes is very simple to diagnose, you know, it's an inexpensive test and things like that just a, a routine mm-hmm. fasting a blood test to check the level of sugar in the blood, mm-hmm. so so things that increase the chances would of type 2 diabetes would be the aging process so that's over 40, but it increases over 50, 60, 70 80, yeah. the, the prevalence increases let with let, age. Let's look at the um,
6: two different 50, types first before yeah. we look at that, yeah. maybe Claire sure. type 1 versus type 2, because that's a bit of confusion. Yeah. Type one is the one. Yeah. Are you born with it, or oh no, God. no,
13: no? You're not. So, um, I go. I guess all types of diabetes are. They're, they're characterized by high blood glucose or high blood sugar levels, and this is due to lack of insulin or not enough working insulin. And insulin is a hormone that we make in our pancreas, and the body needs a continuous supply of insulin in order to use you know, sugar in the blood for energy. Um, so in type 1 diabetes, the, the individual living with type 1 diabetes, their body stops making insulin. And, um, And it's not preventable. It's not lifestyle related. It's what we call an autoimmune condition where the immune system attacks the insulin producing cells in the body and the body stops making insulin suddenly. Um, So you you can develop type 1 diabetes at any age, but probably 50 percent would be in childhood um, or adolescence. Yeah, You're not necessarily born with
6: it. I thought you might be. You're not, no.
13: No, no, there, there is a, like, you, you can have like maybe a genetic susceptibility to developing it and then, you know, that something triggers the autoimmune response. So, you know, we, we don't fully understand that yet. Like something in the environment or a viral illness or something like that can trigger an autoimmune response and, and, you know, that the immune system attacks the pancreas. The body stops making insulin. You know, it is associated with symptoms. Um, but if, if a person doesn't seek medical attention or it goes undetected. The individual can be critically ill at diagnosis. So wow. early detection is, is where we're going with type one diabetes. It's not, it's not about preventing because we can't yeah. prevent type one diabetes. It's early detection. So we want listeners to be aware of the symptoms.
6: And a person with type one becomes insulin dependent for the rest of their life. So we've been talking to someone in the last couple of days. Absolutely. And when we were chatting, yeah. there was a beeping noise coming and the person said, oh, mm-hmm. hang on a second. That's my pump talking to me. Took a little thing out of a yeah. pocket, pressed a button. Now, let's, let, that, that people live with a dependence on diabetes. Or an, an insulin, rather.
13: Yeah, insulin. Yeah, yeah. So we we actually need insulin to survive, and um, insulin was discovered a hundred years ago. And prior to that, a, a person died from type one diabetes. So thankfully now we have, you know, wonderful insulins and treatments and technology to reduce the burden of care. But it is it is something that a, a person has to intensively manage every day mm. and that they cannot take a day off from it. They, they have to replace their body's insulin. We cannot take insulin as a tablet or anything. So they have to replace their body's insulin either with multiple daily injections or or with an insulin pump, which is delivering insulin continuously. And then there's other technology like continuous glucose monitors um, or other people, you know, in combination with, you know, finger pricking to constantly monitor the blood glucose levels. And they have to make many medical decisions every day, balancing what I'm eating, how much insulin I need, What physical activity am I going to do? What stresses are going on? Even, you know, you you were talking about the weather, even the the hot temperatures can make a person sensitive to insulin. They they might think I need less insulin because Mm -hmm. it's going to be hot. So there's loads and loads to consider. It's like walking a tightrope for someone with type 1 diabetes. They're Mm -hmm. trying to avoid low blood sugars, avoid high blood sugars. But in saying that... It is manageable yes. and they can go on to do anything they want to do yeah. in life. It doesn't hold them back. Yeah. Yeah. Once so they done, can once achieve done, wonderful things. and you keep it under and
6: control, you can, you can live quite normally yeah. with that that's type 1. Absolutely. Type 2 is a different that's beast.
13: Yeah, yeah. So in, in a person with type 2 diabetes, their body does make insulin, it's either not enough, or the insulin doesn't work effectively, and and we call that insulin resistance. Um, and insulin resistance is, is you know caused by being overweight, especially being overweight around the tummy, or being very sedentary. So that's why weight management and regular physical activity are really really important when it comes to preventing type two diabetes and managing type two diabetes. So can you, can you uh, like like. Um potentially. So when, when we talk about we don't say reversal, because that sounds like it's a permanent thing and um, that, you know, it's gone and it's not coming back. So we, some people do manage to put their diabetes into remission. Yes. Um, but again, that's individual. It depends where the person is starting from. So if, if somebody is diagnosed with type two diabetes and they know there's loads of room for change in terms of their eating, you know, healthy eating, exercise, weight management. And if they lose weight and take the demands off their body and overhaul their lifestyle, you know, potentially people can put it into remission, but not everybody because there's other risk factors that aren't modifiable like age, like having diabetes in the family, like if a woman had diabetes in pregnancy, that's obviously not modifiable. There'd be ethnic risks. So it's it's not, you know, so, sure. you know, the... Sure. the diet exercise weight is obviously a huge part of it but it's not 100% of people sure. can put it into remission because sure. of the family history age etc that uh, would you, you would you need medication change. for type 2 um possibly yeah so it, it it depends really on how high a person's blood glucose levels are at diagnosis and you know again how much room for change there is so um you know yeah so so and and often it would be tablets um, so, so there's multiple different um, types of tablets and medications sure. um, for type 2 diabetes. Okay. There, there is injections that aren't insulin as well um, so, uh, so some people with type 2 diabetes may require insulin down the road. It doesn't mean they have developed type 1 diabetes but you can have type 2 okay. diabetes and also be insulin requirement.
6: Okay. Now, symptoms that you should watch for if you're not feeling right what you should be watching Yeah, for?
13: Yeah, so For type 1 diabetes there in about the last year, Diabetes Ireland, we we were running a type 1 awareness campaign and we were calling it the TEST campaign. And TEST is an acronym for the symptoms. So TEST. So T is for excessive thirst, you know, debilitating thirst. Um, E for energy reduced. So tiredness, just wiped out, no energy at all. Um, S for sudden unexplained weight loss. And the, the last T is for um, toilet, so excessively passing urine. Um, so those symptoms are quite marked. But I guess in a child who maybe can't verbalise how they're feeling due to their young age, or maybe they're in nappies, so they, the passing urine excessively might go undetected. Um, sometimes, you know, just, I guess, for parents to be aware that these are the symptoms of diabetes, you know, if if the child is vaguely unwell, you know, a, a doctor can do a simple finger prick blood test or even okay. test their urine, and that's enough that, that you know to pick up type one diabetes, and they'd be sent to A and E for assessment for you know admission to hospital for assessment and treatment. But okay. just sometimes it can go undetected because you know the family members may not know their symptoms of diabetes, and they're hoping they'll go away, mm. and they don't go away, and sometimes the the you know, the child can become critically ill. Sure. Um, so in, in, in 2020, actually 40% of kids who were diagnosed with type 1 diabetes in Ireland were critically ill at diagnosis. Right. So that that kind of led to the, the test campaign, the Diabetes yes, Ireland so. test campaign, to highlight signs and symptoms there.
6: Symptoms of, of, of type 2 that we could
14: watch out for.
13: Yeah, so sometimes there's no symptoms, um, but equally, if there are symptoms, they wouldn't be as marked as type 1 diabetes because the the, the blood sugar level probably wouldn't be as high. But um, again, it can be tiredness, passing urine excessively, um, you know, thirst, blurred vision even. Sure. Um, but but sometimes it's only in hindsight that, you know, a person, they've no symptoms, but when they think about it, you know, after diagnosis and hindsight is great, and yes. then they realize, oh, yeah, you know what, I did have symptoms but again people are putting it down to something else um so I, I guess, but, you know, I speak to people every day who've had no symptoms and they're diagnosed with diabetes. So that's why the checkups are so important. Sure. Those routine health checks and routine blood tests, because you don't know what, you know, what could be going on, sure. like high cholesterol and things. The body won't necessarily warn you.
6: Now, Claire, if you come across someone in a diabetic crisis, and there are many different types, but if you come across someone mm. in, a, in a diabetic crisis, how, how can you help?
13: Um well, I guess it depends really i mean if if they're unconscious, you'd definitely be ringing an ambulance, putting them in the recovery position um but maybe if they're just unwell but they're still alert and they can communicate, you know, maybe ask them how can I help um i i guess it it depends i mean it, it, it say it, it could be that the that the blood sugar is too low and they need to um take something sweet and often they a person with say on insulin with type one diabetes they, they would always carry sugar and they, they might have a sweet drink or sweets in their bag or their meter to test their blood sugar in their bag so they might need help with things like that. And um, I guess not everyone with, with diabetes is at risk of low blood sugar levels because that, that's a side effect say of insulin um, and certain medication used for type two for diabetes, but it's not uh, low blood sugar levels aren't a symptom of diabetes as See, such, yeah. so um, I guess the, the main thing is ask the individual, what can I do to help you yeah, seem unwell, they generally do you know. need me to get you anything, but they if, if, they, if they've collapsed, you're, you're better ringing an ambulance yeah, or really you know like. if they're semi-conscious or anything like you that. You have a
6: website, uh, a very a comprehensive website yes. where all of this stuff can be looked up uh, Diabetes Ireland and, yeah. and people can just go and study it and, and apply it to themselves yeah. as necessary, but I suppose the first point of call if you're worried yeah. about anybody is the GP.
13: Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and we, we can be contacted Diabetes Ireland. We can be contacted by phone as well. So 018428118 or by email info at diabetes.ie. So we would have um some health professionals. So we, we do provide support and information nine to five Monday to Friday to anyone. So any anyone who's newly diagnosed, even because it's very like if if they've got their diagnosis from their GP, you know, it's very shocking, very overwhelming and a variety of emotions. So I definitely urge anyone like that to pick up the phone because we can give them a steer and give them reassurance and start them off in the right direction because... You know, it can be overwhelming, especially if people are trying to inform themselves and go online and things like that. And it's, you know, it, it, it is a complex condition. Do, so there do, is a lot do, to Dr. Learn, Google is not
6: always your friend and people, people. No, no. <laughs> Claire, thank you very much. That's Claire Knotton of uh, Diabetes Ireland. She's a diabetes nurse and regional development officer. Diabetes.ie is their website. Dr. Google will kill you more than cure you. Don't bother with Dr. Google. Go to someone like diabetes.ie, and they'll set you on the right track. Thanks, Claire. 0818 96, 96, 96.
9: Can we just talk?
2: The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan.
4: Text or WhatsApp now. Oh eight three three
2: ninety six ninety six ninety six On courts 96 FM.
6: Bernie was on yesterday, asked, saying that yesterday I was talking about the new traffic changes and asking how they're working out. I'm still asking that, how people are finding them. There was a kind of a difference of opinion between Twitter and real life yesterday as to how they were working out. So how are they working out? Any stories? I'd like to hear them at 0818 96, 96, 96. Now, the president of the Irish National Teachers Organization uh, is currently a by John Driscoll, and he has been writing about resources in, in the schools just with weeks to go to the start of the new school term and uh, he has called on the government to invest and John you've accused the government of chronic
14: under-investment over the period of years. Good morning to you. Good morning PJ and uh, thank you for the invitation to speak. Yeah I, I suppose if I could just focus on one thing for for a start. If you if you just talk about the capitation, the funding that schools receive, PJ.
9: Yeah.
14: The the primary school figure is is such such a, a gap to the secondary. So every primary pupil in the country is funded to a level of one hundred and eighty three euro per year. And the contrast to secondary school then is three hundred and sixteen. So I, I always use the example of a child of 12 years of age in, in June in primary school, and then maybe going 500 yards down the road to secondary school in September, and suddenly th- there's an increase of 130 euro, mm. and it's per pupil. So, as you can imagine, over a whole school population, th- there's a, a huge discrepancy there. Mm-hmm. And even where we are now, we're, we're at 183, we were over 200 prior to, you know recession and cuts and so on. So we we haven't got back to that. And s- schools just like every one of your listeners are going to be faced with the increased energy costs as as we head into the winter and not not to mention the general funding of schools now um, our own constitution talks about the government providing free primary education and anyone who has had children go through school will know that that isn't the reality. Okay, you don't it's have a, a free.
6: It's a myth, school, but to be fair, it is. It so, is. So the capitation, and, um, just for people who, who mightn't understand yeah. the term. So, if I have a school of a hundred pupils, I get yes. hundred and eighty-three euro per
14: pupil. Uh, That's correct for the whole year to fund yeah. what, John? To to fund basically um, heating, cleaning, electricity, the, the the main kind of bills of the school. So
6: that's less than well, 20 thousand in the school of hundred
14: yeah, yeah it, it is it isn't it isn't sufficient and and then unfortunately the s- schools are, are often in the invidious position and and certainly um from from our union's point of view we we certainly are not in favor of, of having to ask parents for money we believe that the school should be funded completely by the state and even down to the cost of school books no i know the back to school loans has been doubled this year which is obviously is is very welcome and a great help to people who are able to benefit from that but pj you you, you and your listeners will know that there are thousands and thousands of, of of ordinary people with maybe one or two parents working with a couple of children going to school mm. and it is an expensive time absolutely so it, it, you know even to remove the burden of, of buying school books would be you know something that could be done at at not a huge cost, really, in the overall mm. in the overall scene of, of what you're spending on education, you know
6: we have some of the biggest classes in the European Union. now we still have a a, a lower, a far lower uh, classroom average than when you I and do. I were going to school. I remember, yes. so I remember sitting in a class of forty-three kids. Like, but now it's yeah. down to twenty-three, twenty-four, which is up yeah. on the EU average. What causes yeah, exactly. our class numbers to be so high, John?
14: Well, I, I suppose you're 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 dealing with a I suppose a legacy of that. As, as you said, you can remember forty-three. Uh, I, I I can actually I've a, a vague memory of there being something like 50 in my class when I started way back in the in the 60s. So we we have we have come a long way. It it just seems to be that we move at, at like a a snail's pace to improve. I mean, when when I'm looking at the official figure here now, the official average is now 22.8, okay, which is is the lowest since the averages were recorded since 2001. But it's still way above the the European average, which is uh, which is under twenty, and and even just to give a couple of examples, PJ, um, countries like Greece and Italy, which you may remember were banded in with Ireland as being basket cases during the too. the financial crash, they all have class sizes of eighteen, seventeen, sixteen of an average. So, and, and even to highlight, uh, and I know Donico O'Leary made reference to this recently: sixty six thousand pupils in primary school in classes of more than 30. And just to, just to focus on on our own area, Cork City and County, there are 243 classes with more than 30. So that's over 7,000 children. So uh, look, I, I, I have plenty of experience of teaching at different levels and different...
2: Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it.
12: To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash
2: weightloss.
14: Class groupings, the smallest class I ever had, I think, was about 18 or 19. Right. And the the difference it, it makes, PJ, in that it's not suddenly you're on a holiday instead of having 30, but, but you just have more time with each pupil. You, you, you certainly know each pupil inside out, and you can cater to, to the needs that are there. And the kid so, that's
6: falling uh, falling back a little bit, you'll spot them, and you might have that few extra minutes in the day.
14: This, 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 this is it. And look, w- as you said, we, we have come a long way, and and let, we should recognise that. But what, what we're saying to the government now is, look, m- make make a push, make the push, re- reduce it by two, in in the coming budget, and j- just for your listeners, PJ any announcements in terms of education budgets that are made any September, October, they don't come into effect until September of of the following year. I see. So what 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 we're calling for would cost I think about ten million next year and I think about thirty million in a whole year. Now as I always say when I'm talking about figures like this, if somebody asked you or me for thirty million you won't find it in your credit union account down the back of the coach. No. But when you look at the education budget, is nine point two billion. So find, finding thirty million just to deal with that shouldn't be beyond, no. you know the. And, and look, I look. I
6: guess you know, John. Every sector is looking for a slice of the cake. Of course. In a couple of, of weeks, and, and that cake has to be very carefully cut. To go around mm-hmm. in very difficult times, but that's what you guys are asking for—a in the pupil teacher ratio. Your pre-budget submission has asked for a- an increase in the capitation of twenty percent. That's the hundred eighty-three a day. You've asked for that to be increased. The chances of you getting twenty percent, John, you know yourself, you, know, you might well be shouting into the wind. But but you hope to get something. Yeah,
14: well, well, I mean, exactly. It, it just the thing is, it it is. Grossly insufficient, and 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 what what does the school do if if the government is not going to prevent it or provide it, and and you want your school to be heated, you you invariably are going to end up asking for a voluntary contribution, which, as I said, our union would not be in favour of, but in terms of the practicalities of of a school, if a school doesn't have oil to heat the building for the children. It, it 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 often does end up in parents being asked for it, yeah. and and the same parents are trying to, you know, balance their own budget at That's home right. with the cost of gas and electricity that they're yeah. facing at home. So, um, look, we we just we just think that it's 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 too important, PJ, to, you know, to to not be dealt with. It, it's 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 a very basic issue to to you know physically okay. fund that that the schools we have are adequate, are heated. Um, I'm I'm sure every every listener, whether they're a parent or not, or or possibly a, a grandparent, we, we all want the best for our yes. children a, so a
6: comfortable that is, place in which to learn you would think you don't you, you shouldn't have to even discuss it john lastly i just <laughs> want to bring up with you uh, there will be a number of children starting in september if they haven't started mm-hmm. already who have come to us uh, from ukraine um and, and how, right. how are they settling in how how is the, the system working with them and their parents and families
14: well I, I suppose PJ, just on, on a general level, just, just as the the Irish nation has, has opened its arms to the Ukrainian people, the, the schools right around the country have opened their doors to, to welcome in Ukrainian pupils. And obviously um you, you do have pockets where you have large numbers coming in which which may be, you know, challenging at the particular school they're going to. But we, we have from the very beginning saying we are more than willing to facilitate to educate these children who have been displaced from their homes, a- as long as the, you know, requisite supports are there in terms of English language support. Um, again, a lot of them are, are coming from, you know, highly stressful, traumatic yes. situations. Traumatic problems, yeah. that. So I mean, again, I INTO will will always continue to, to advocate for for supports to enable these children, to, you know, to settle in and be part of the of the school community, okay. but uh, again, it it does come back to to us uh, to not being shy in in requesting proper supports. Yes for these people, you
6: know. All right, okay. Listen, thank you very much. The INTO currently um, has prepared and sending in its pre-budget submission, as will every other sector. And we're going to be weighed down now with pre-budget submission documents over the next five or six weeks. Thank you, John. That's John Driscoll, President of the INTO and Deputy Principal of Star of the Sea in Passage West. We are going to be weighed down with pre-budget submissions, and guess what? We'll also have uh, politicians standing up, going, "We can fix all that. We'll have, we'll sort all that out." It's all cod. It's all r- rubbish. But at the end of the day, we'll have a budget at the end of September, and and you'd hope that people will get a slice of whatever little bit is out there. Oh, wait, 1-8-96-96-96. I had one boy who went from second and third position in the class to very low in the in the ranking. Because in one year he would five teachers and that affected him. Some kids need stability. The amount of career breaks and justifications for time off is unreal. In the UK they work for less money and for more weeks of the year. I'm sick of teachers. Already well got and looking for more. I don't think, to be fair, caller, I don't think John Driscoll mentioned once about teachers' salaries. He just mentioned that the school's, are not getting enough money from the department to cover things like heating and lighting. That's what he was talking about. 08189696. But your point is valid. Your point is
2: valid, and thank you for making it. Access all areas on Cork's 96
1: FM.
4: Your guides to
1: nightlife on Leaside. Hi, it's Michael here with an update on Cork's entertainment. Ireland's rapidly rising pop star, Lyra, returns to Cork this October 28th for a hometown headline show. Tickets are on sale now for her show at Cypress Avenue from the Old Oak and at cypressavenue.ie. Access all areas. Triskel Arts Centre is hosting an exhibition at Triscoll Christchurch, curated by the Cork Traveller Women's Network. Network. The exhibition is part of Traveller Pride Week and the items are symbols of pride in the Traveller community and culture. Access All Areas. You can contact us here at Access All Areas if you have a show, play or exhibition coming up or any live streaming events or gigs by emailing us at 96 at fmie
4: Access all areas. With Harvey Norman and JBL. Your specialists in sound
2: this summer. On Cork's 96FM.
6: Right, fancy winning a 100 euro pennies voucher to set you up for the autumn and winter clothes. Would you like that? Well, you could do it really easy. Just go online to 96FM.ie and vote for the fresh new music that we play. And we could be sending you shopping for free. It's the Cork's 96FM Music Panel just choose the tunes and you could win that 100 euro for pennies do it now, 10 minutes it'll take you, no more no less at uh, 96fm.ie 0818 969696 now Maria Keane is a health and well-being coach and Maria, you're setting up maternity workshops starting in September at Douglas Community Centre uh, I, I take it these are aimed at, at new mums good morning
8: Yes. Good morning. Um, it's Maria Kane. Um, yeah, um, I am. I, so I have two smallies myself—a um, one-year-old and a three-year-old—and I guess um, for everyone, we all know the life balance issues between working and getting used to life with them um, small people at home. Um, I um, volunteer with um, a couple of different organizations. So when I was on um, maternity leave, I went to a lot of coffee meetups yeah. with others and. It just makes a whole difference to your day when you have somebody who's like-minded, and you could talk about what happened last night or tips and everything. So, I guess it's kind of kind of come on from that. So we go we go for loads of coffee meets with our kids, or we go for play dates. But I suppose it's kind of to create a bit of space for just the mom as well. Yes. Um. Yeah. So there's a lot of things about you know your kids' development and everything that, but it's a totally different experience for us as well we're taking on a whole new, like, persona as well, being this mom thrown in with no handbook, and I'm sure dads are the same and all families are the same. (laughs) um, Exactly. Like, in our like, they had aunties and uncles and sisters, and I suppose that whole thing of it creates a village to raise a child, and that's kind of missing these days.
6: Mm -hmm. You you reminded me of something there from when my own kids were small. You know, I, I, I kept saying I wish there was an instruction book. (laughs)
8: <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> should we throw that out the rule we, those rule books would go out the window as well like sure. um it's it's you, you know you need you need your peers around you to support you and um, it's one thing going to your doctor and going to you know I'm, I'm not having a good day and, and having that discussion which is really important as well Um I suffered a bit with postnatal depression um and I suppose it yeah you talk to health professionals but when you're sitting next to people who are in the same boat, it's just such a feeling kind of it's a weight off your shoulder. Yeah. So I kind of I want to reopen that. I guess when I was young, my mom went to like flower clubs and different things like that. So it's kind of I, mean, I suppose when we think of that, you think of kind of not fuddy duddies going to those things. But it's just to create a bit of space for us just to sit, have a chat, have yeah. a laugh um, yeah. and kind of learn it. Kind of maybe I'll get in a couple of different talker speakers every month as well maybe to learn about hobbies or maybe mental health or physical health. But, yeah, it's just to open up the forum just so someone has the space to chat. And I guess when we get older as well, it's harder to meet people and make friends. So, yeah, it's just to bring us together again, I guess.
6: It can be an isolating time, those early years.
8: It, It can because, like, you're up during the night or during the day and you're sitting there. And I guess the problem as well is we all spend too much time in our heads. And we're like, oh, God, I'm the only one going through this. And mm. you're exhausted as well. So it, it's really tough. Um, I, I volunteer with AWARE as well. Um, they're a charity for anxiety and depression and bipolar. Um, and I go to those um, meetings as a facilitator. And it's just, it's so amazing just to sit there with people yeah. who are having tough days I and t- the support they give each other.
6: I took a call from someone a couple of years ago. Uh, there, there were A group was having... Uh, say a Tuesday morning in one of the costas around town. Yeah, and and we yeah. we, we mentioned it here. and This woman rang up and she said, "You know the best thing." I walked into this coffee shop. She said, and I ordered my coffee and my bun, and I sat down, and there were five or six faces that were as grey and haggard as mine. <laughs> <I> thought,
8: <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's it. That's what you need. You need to know that you're not the only person. Kind of. Struggling. I guess my my motto for my last maternity we leave was like, if the kids are alive by the end of the day, that's enough, <laughs> and that that's it. Like, because we set, we think, you know, you see all these things on social media, people looking fantastic. You no, know, they're doing this, that, and the thing with their kids. It's not real life. I mean, shop like,
6: is a great app too.
8: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, just relax. You know, um, like I said, if kids are li- alive by the end of the day, the house is a tip. It doesn't matter. You know, and I guess th- th- what I want to say to everybody is have a few minutes every day for yeah, yourself. Just for you. Just, just, just go out. Yeah, like, even if it's just standing out in the garden, or like going for a five minute walk, or just closing the door in the bathroom that has the key in it. Um, have have that five minutes to yourself, because if you, if if you look after yourself, you look after your family. Um and that's that's the main thing.
6: Yeah, that's it. So, now you're starting yeah. you're starting on September 20th running every Tuesday at Douglas Community Center. Yes. Is there yeah. is there Monthly a cost at the involved?
8: Moment. Um it, I suppose it's just a small cost of a tenner just to kind of um offset the kind of the rental of the room and everything okay. and hopefully to contribute to the speakers that are coming in. Okay.
6: And have you got a, um, so a website? I might or revise Facebook that
8: as page well. Page yeah, so yeah, findyourself.coach um, I also do one to one coaching, but I guess the main thing is just to bring people together and get to chat.
6: Okay. All right, Maria. Thank you. And good luck with it when it comes around. Maria Kane, uh, coach, And that's starting in Com in the community centre, Douglas Community Centre, 20th September. Uh, and that's subsequent Tuesdays, once a month. Sounds like a cool idea. Uh, 0818969696. Back to teachers for a sec. I sit on a board of management and the funding shortfall is ridiculous. The removal of the enhanced cleaning grant is going to hurt schools as well. The setup of voluntary state schools where voluntary board of management members are legally responsible is also ridiculous. Why is every school a standalone on cleaning? There's no IT maintenance for schools. In other countries, there are local authorities, school electrics, plumbing, ICT supports, etc., here, just go solo and figure it out yourself with absolutely no training. Thanks for that. 0818 96,
4: 96, 96. Counting down to Westlife with the biggest pre parties on Lee side. The
2: biggest pre parties on Lee side.
4: Cork's 96 FM. Love my love.
6: Yeah, biggest weekend of the year. Comes up this Friday and Saturday, Westlife at Parky Quay. E. So for such a big weekend, we've got to do something special. Pull out all the stops. We're throwing the biggest pre-parties on Leaside. Course ninety six of M on the boardwalk at Tequila Jacks. Four o'clock Friday, four o'clock Saturday. Bringing the vibe to Leaside for West West Westlife. All the lads will be there, spinning tunes on the decks. The street fleet will be there with freebies loads of freebies and just a great atmosphere in what is going to be blisteringly hot sunshine. It's going to be great. Tequila Jack's, the only place to be, Cork City, Friday and Saturday from 4 with Cork's 96 FM. And actually, as the gig draws closer, you might as well familiarize yourself with some of the traffic arrangements that are happening because there's road closures uh, from... 10 a.m. to midnight on the days of the concerts and junctions around Monaghan Road will also be changed and affected. Maryville to Black Rock Road Junction will be closed. Ard to Park Avenue closed. Monaghan Road to the Link Road closed. Access to Centre Park and Monaghan Roads will be limited and restricted. And after five full road closures in Centre Park and Monaghan Road, Church Lane and Crab Lane, Buses will park on Bory Manor Road. Cars will need to use car parking facilities around the city. Big arrangements in place for the arrival of Westlife at the weekend. So familiarize yourself with that. We'll mention them again anyway as we get closer to the weekend. O eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. Let us pop down to a beautiful west cork to glen Gareth. talk to claire herdman of the national parks and wildlife service a new eagle a beautiful looking creature claire tell me
15: more good morning hello good morning yeah from beautiful west cork the sun is uh, splitting the skies um yeah we have a new um eagle chick so we have a pair of eagles in glen Gareth that have been nesting here well about 10 years but Two years ago, the male disappeared and a new male turned up, who's called Brendan, and he's actually a chick that hatched on the on the Ring of Kerry back in 2017. So all the, the first eagles that came into Ireland as part of this reintroduction programme came from Norway, So, but he was hatched in Ireland. So in Glengariff, he's become the first Irish-bred male to hatch his own chick. So that was very exciting to see the next generation of eagles taking flight. So Jon Quillen, that's the name of the chick. Um, yeah, he's been flying about a month now. Um, so yeah, very exciting to see. He's still a bit like a toddler in terms of flying, still a little bit clumsy, and um, yeah. yeah. But he's doing well. They're magnificent
6: creatures, just extraordinary. The a photograph of your on your Facebook of obviously a handler with with, with is that is that Brendan?
15: That's the chick. So that's. Brendan's chick. So Brendan is the dad, first time dad, and that's the chick. But the ch- yeah, we talk about a chick, but it's a big when chick. he was, It's ha- <laughs> a big chick. So what we do is we fit them with like a satellite tag, and a ring on the leg, so we can follow them. But when we do that, they're the same size as an adult. So he was he weighed about four kilos, and he would have a wingspan of over two meters. So when we're talking about a chick that's old enough to put a satellite pack on, they're big. So yeah. And we saw him flying around yesterday. So yeah, he's he's big.
6: <laughs> yeah, they're fearsome <laughs> so. looking talons and, and, and a and a beak. Are they are they predators,
15: Claire? They are. Bird, uh what we call apex predators. So um they their full name is white tailed sea eagle. So they very much a coastal bird and their main diet is fish and seabirds. So we can see both from watching them in Glengareth and from the prey remains in the nest that, yeah, fish and seabirds are their main thing. So, particularly dogfish in Glengareth, which is kind of funny because they're a really tough-skinned fish.
9: Yeah,
15: And we've we've seen a few times where the fish is still alive, squirming around in the nest.
6: And they're a big catch (laughs) too, because they're a big, they're not a small fish.
15: No, no, no. So, mostly because the sea eagle is so big, they they find it hard to hunt, you know, where there's much light around trees or anything. So, open ocean is really their preferred habitat, right. they can just cruise along um, they've got amazing eyesight and then they just literally swoop down and catch fish that are close to the surface, so yeah they're really efficient at catching fish but they will eat, you know, if they find something dead, like a dead seal or something dead up the mountains, they will eat it, but yeah, definitely fish is their preferred for diet, it's the most nutritious for them, so.
6: What are the chances of getting to see these wonderful creatures? Where would one have to go?
15: The best way is really to take one of the, like there's regular ferries, go out to Garnish Island. Um, it's just luck, it's wildlife. So even though they're a huge bird, they can spend a lot of time sitting around doing absolutely nothing. Um, so really you need a pair of binoculars, take one of the boats out and it's it's luck. And that's part of the thrill of it because it's not like going to a zoo or somewhere where you're guaranteed the People can spend a lot of time looking and not see them, so it's it's that thrill of when you do get to see them. That's something really special. So, um, also Kalani, there's because it's there's a reintroduction program going on. There's actually another 16 chicks came over from Norway this year that have, have, uh, and most of those have been released. So there's a chance to see them in other places in Ireland, like up in Loch Derg, um, around Killarney National Park. So, but really it's just keeping your eyes peeled and having a good pair of binoculars.
6: Absolutely magnificent creatures and and, uh, a a garnish island worth a visit all on its own. And you might see one of these marvellous things while you're there. Claire Hardman from National Parks and Wildlife Service uh, telling us about a new chick. Well, it's about four months old now. in Glengariff Woods, Nature Reserve, and Garnish Island. Magnificent. Look at their Facebook page. Look at their Facebook page, and you will see this incredible creature uh, on, on their Facebook page. 0818 96 96 96. Glengarif Woods, Nature Reserve, Facebook page. My brother is in a wheelchair, says Paul. And I'm a wheelchair user, and I'm trying to make out: is there any train or bus options suitable for people with additional mobility needs? Has anyone figured out what the options are for, say, Cork, Dublin, for the Garth Brooks gig? What are my best options? I'd be most grateful. Okay, thank you, Paul. And for Westlife, now yes, this comes up all the time, and there was a big problem. With accessible parking, wheelchair parking, blue badge parking, call it what you will, for Elton John. And I know a lot of people were very disappointed by the lack of blue badge access for Elton John. Just heard PJ talking about parking. I can't find out what's the story about disabled parking. Can we find out and announce it on the radio? We can try. We can certainly try to find out. But I know that for Elton John, there was a lot of disappointment. On previous big gigs like that, people have been able to go into the marquee site and park in there. But for some reason, I don't think that happened around the time of Elton John. And it wasn't that easy to get down there if you had uh, you know, m- mobility issues. I try to find out what, what there is for Westlife. There'll be briefings, etc., over the next day or two, so we'll find out what we can and we'll come back to you on it alright
9: The
2: Cork Diary on Corks 96 FM
4: Comedian Pat Short will be performing at Crookstown Hall on Saturday the 13th of August at 8pm as part of Crookstown Vintage Festival The festival which takes place on the 13th and 14th of August will see lots of fun for all the family There'll be displays of vintage cars and tractors live music a dog show flower demonstrations and much more If you have an event you would like mentioned email the details to Cork Diary at 96fm.ie The
2: Cork Diary With Tusla
4: Fostering, now seeking foster carers from a diverse range of backgrounds in Cork. See fostering.ie
2: on Cork's 96fm <laughs> The lines are live and we're ready to talk. Can we just talk? Call 0818-969696. Text or WhatsApp 83 396 96 96.
4: Email opinion at 96FN.ie.
2: The Opinion mine with PJ Coogan on
4: Cork's
6: 96FM. Yeah, we will try to find out more about the uh, mobility parking and blue badge parking, etc. arrangements for Westlife. We'll see what we can find out um, today and tomorrow and bring it to you as best and as clearly as we can. Uh, there must be some way of getting up there with the blue badge. There should be, at least, if there isn't. We'll try and find that out. 081896 96- 96, 96. Now, the, uh, yeah, this vandalism of those beautiful planters in the city that uh, we got sent a picture this morning of uh, just wanted destruction and vandalism of uh, another beautiful planter there near Emmett Place this morning. Um, Cork City Sports and Recreation on their Facebook page have just said our 70-plus pollinator-friendly planters across the city have brought wonderful colour during the year and attracted widespread praise. This is the vandalism our team faced this morning at Emmett Place and Princess Street. Yeah, it's horrible to see. It, 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 it's disheartening to see. You're coming in on a beautiful, beautiful morning and you see just wanton destruction and badness. That's all it is. Pure badness in people. If they're on their way home from wherever they've been, oh, let's make a mess of these lovely things. Let's ruin lovely things. <sighs> no, don't. Don't say what's on my mind, Peach. Don't. don't. Their attention. you just keep it to yourself. 0818 96, 96, 96. Now look out at that weather. Uh, weather weather has got to be crazy. In Sydney, Australia... It is pouring rain. And Maureen Connor, uh, how, how bad is the rain in Sydney, Australia at the moment? Good morning or good evening there.
16: Yeah, good evening. Um, yeah, so I only came over here back in November um, and I had normal dreams that Australia was going to be very sunny, everything like that. But it hasn't stopped raining. Um, I think it's had the worst rain it's had in the last 50 years over here. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, it's, I think it's sunnier in Ireland at the moment.
6: I think it's sunnier around than in a lot of places, the non-stop heavy rain. Now, I want to talk a little bit about your your move to Oz and your involvement with Central Coast GA there in Sydney. So start at the start, where are you from and and how did you come to be there?
16: Yeah, so I'm from Newmarket in North Cork. I moved over to Sydney, as I said, back in November for a job. Um, and got involved in the Central Coast GA Club. We're based in Randwick, so about five minutes from Coogee Beach, five minutes from Bondi. Um started playing with them back in January and um, yeah, it's been it's been amazing so far.
6: You, uh, you played in back in Newmarket, didn't you?
16: I played football in camogie, yeah. So I played football for uh, Rock Chapel Ladies Football Club and uh, camogie with Malo. Yeah, yeah.
6: And like <laughs> there's a Massive Irish community there around Coogee and around Bondi. And I was amazed to read that, that the GEA is very big out there.
16: Yeah, it's massive. Our club alone has 100 members, um, and there's about 20 different teams over here, um, probably six clubs, and then you've got your hurlers, your men's football, camogie, ladies' football. But a lot of people actually come over here, and they mightn't have played ever in Ireland, and they come over here, and they just want to make friends, and they'll they'll play, and they might start off socially, but they get they, they get into it fairly fast.
6: Now, you work as a grants advisor for... Central Coast GA Club. What's that?
16: Yeah, so so I'm. I'm that's kind of a voluntary role. Oh, yeah. But yeah, so I'm. A, I'm a player, f- and then um, on the committee, the grants committee. I'm um, just looking out for different grants that are available. Maybe things like new pitches or different um, grants that the Australian government is providing.
6: And you've just been awarded thirty thousand dollars. That's 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 a nice one. How did you get that?
16: Yeah, so at the start of the year the Australian government said that they were going to give a couple of million to Australian sports clubs um, to tackle mental health, to kind of make mental health and wellbeing a top priority um, and we applied for it and we weren't, we weren't sure that even if they knew what GA was, but we, we put in an application and yeah. we were big underdogs.
6: You're up there against Aussie rules and I presume cricket and, and other such things and they're looking at G A, what's that? Well, they still gave you. It must have been a very good, a very good um, presentation because they gave you. They gave you thirty grand. Now, mental health within the Irish community in Sydney, and indeed there within the G A community. What are the issues?
16: Yeah, I suppose when when COVID happened, like there was issues of just feeling trapped within within the country, missing home. Like we've had a lot of members there who was their first time home this summer for for three years and. Like you're you're dealing with you're like it's amazing over here, but there's there's two sides of the coin, and if you're dealing with any issues, you know you're away from your support network, you're you're away from your family, mm. and you know your friends or your GA club become become really important, and and people turn to their GA clubs. But I suppose we probably felt like we didn't have the training in the club, or we didn't have that, um, you know, structures in place to be able to provide the right. Support and services, and to create that awareness for for our members.
6: Yeah. So, what kind of things have you been able to do, or will you be able to do with this grant money?
16: Yeah. So, we wanted to put fifty percent of the money towards counselling services. So, so, so that was a big thing. So, we've uh, teamed up with the Support Agency over here, um, and they've been a great help. So, they're going to provide the, the counselling services, and um, we set up a mental health committee. So. When I came over here first, we had a finance committee, a merchandise committee, social committee with every type of committee. And these are all people that are, you know, trying to, 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 to do a job in a particular area. And we wanted to have someone there always thinking about the mental health side or diversity, inclusion, LGBT. We wanted to do mental health first aid training. We wanted to run a series of mental health seminars. The big thing there was we wanted to ask our members what's actually bothering them on a day-to-day basis and, right. and, and things like visas are, are issues there and just trying to tackle it on a very practical level, I suppose, was was yeah. the main idea behind the grant proposal.
6: You're focusing particularly as well on LGBTQ plus within the club.
16: Yeah, under uh, just under 10% of our members would identify as um, LGBT and like, it's a very accepting club, everything like that, but I suppose we just want to there's LGBT um, ally training there, just to, just to explain to the members and um, the overall members about the kind of lived experiences of those LGBT members and just trying to get behind uh, pride or world pride or, or whatever the case is, just to make sure that we're creating that training and awareness and, and doing our bit.
6: Yeah. You also, I think, and this will be something that <clears throat> I guess the folks back home, to use that awful expression, the folks back home will be able to pick up with and that there's a podcast planned.
16: Yeah, the podcast is planned. is just something that like uh, we'll be able to kind of continue and we're looking at maybe over a couple of years. But we would bring in a couple of people just to chat through and um, maybe if someone had a story to share with a girl there that, um, during COVID, was was um, wanting to keep track for mental health and decided to jump into the Koji Beach for 365 days, um just to make sure that that she was keeping track of things. So there's just nice stories out there that people have done themselves within the club, and um, it's just bringing that to light and, um, and just talking about it in our everyday language. Yeah.
6: So you're there since what last last November. Any plans on visiting home sooner? Is Is Sydney home now? Will you. What's the flower?
16: Yeah. Yeah, I'll I'll probably come home. I've a conference there towards the end of the year in Copenhagen, so I'll do a quick trip home just to see the family and things. Yeah. Yeah.
6: Okay. All right. Listen, Maureen, good luck with everything the job, the life, the lifestyle, and the GAA and everything to do with it. Uh, Maureen O'Connor from Newmarket, uh, involved with Central Coast GA Club in Sydney and they she has just helped to win them a $30,000 grant from the Australian government and uh, like uh, GA up against all the Australian sports and they managed to get 30 grand to spend on their own projects. Well done, Mauret. Uh, thanks for that. 0818, and hope the rain stops sometime soon, but don't send it here. 0818 96 96 96. Now, wheelchair accessibility for Westlife. I uh, think. We may have someone on the line who can help. Yeah, Jim, is it line two? feet Jim, morning. Come on, PJ. What can you tell me, sir?
5: Well, um, anything outside, anything outside, parking, he for the Westlife. I I, I have nothing at all do that. That's uh, all the authorities take care of that side. But but I'm just telling you what will happen inside. Um, I I hate to tell them special needs. I don't. I don't like that term. I I don't like the special needs. I call them special, special amazing people. That's what I call them. Sure. Sure. Yeah. You know, so when they'll enter, they'll, they, they normally have a relation with them or, 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 or uh, 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 um, a person that's just look after them, come, come to the turnstile, they come inside, uh, they will be met by trained... Hello?
6: Hello, what's that? Hello? Hi, can you hear
5: yeah, me? Yeah, I can, no, I can. Yeah, they're, they're normally met inside, inside the, the turnstiles by um, a trained person that will them to their seats they'll be brought up into the, the, the brought to the lift and brought up into their seats and uh, they'll they'll get a, a goodie bag excellent They'll get a goody bag, uh, and and I, I think he'll be extra special this year, uh, PJ, because of the warm weather. So, like, we're, we're, we're on high alert now at this stage because they, they, uh, they'll have to take plenty of liquids on board. The same as we, we we're we the same way, we'll be doing the same. Sure, sure. But I, but I I won't be involved with them, but I won't be far away from my, where I'll be based as... Uh, and uh, helping people with tickets and finding their seats and things. You I see. Know?
6: I see. So within the stadium, anyone arriving with mobility issues, they will be helped in whatever way they can be helped.
5: It will be unreal, and I and I, I can I can stand over that, and and I, and I and I, I, w- I would hope that. Anybody to have a grievance next Monday morning would would phone, and I I would be delighted to say that that I was wrong, but I know I won't be wrong. All right, um, it, 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 it's going to be fantastic, and at all times, PJ, at all times, even though I'd be dealing with tickets not continuously, I will be on the lookout to make sure that no people come in and stand. As you you know, Palki, you, you know where, the, where where these special amazing people sit down. Yes, and and they have. I call it the balcony. I think it's beautiful looking out onto it. You know, yes, yes. And 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 the the the, the helper or their friend will be with them, and at the same time, these carers that will be walking around the yep. whole time. If I have if I have an issue, if I see anything that's going on, I I I, I alert uh, my 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 supervisor, and that, that that carer will be called in seconds. In Excellent. seconds. Excellent. So I can assure uh, uh, everyone. Of these special, amazing people, that they will be well looked after, and, and I, for one, will be looking out them for the next two days. And Thank you. I welcome them, and I, I, I interact actually for the and I cycle board, and the Norsepedia, um For the Hurling concert, uh, I actually, I actually taking photographs, them.
6: Excellent, excellent. I know I know that the uh, way people were met and greeted the night of the Elton John gig was very special as well once they got inside the stadium. Jim, thank you very much for that and have a great weekend. Everybody at, uh, at Parky Creve hoping to get down there uh, over the weekend to, to see the show. You were talking there about the motor office, motor tax office, not being open for counter services. As far as I can see, City Hall doesn't seem to be even answering the phone. I tried calling several... Departments yesterday because they needed advice on something, all the calls rang out. You might say, go online, sure, but their online service isn't set up for queries about something that is non standard. And they don't answer their emails either. 0818
2: 96 96 96. Ready to go, go. go. It's show time. Show time. Here's some of the winners from the Cork's 96 FM Best of Cork Awards.
4: Best takeaway. Decent munch. Best gym. Dennehy's Health and Fitness. Best restaurant. The Elm Tree. Best hotel. The Dean. Best burger. Son of a bone Best pizza. Oak Fire Pizza. Best business Instagram. Photo Island Adventures.
2: The, the best of Cork Awards.
4: With localheroes.ie. For trusted tradespeople with a 12-month warranty. Backed by Borgot Energy.
2: Only on Cork's
6: 96FM. Yeah, we're really on our travels today because, Just out of the 11 o'clock news We were in Sydney With Moiraid and the Coast GA Club And now we're headed to Detroit, Michigan To a place called Corktown No, I had never heard of it myself either Corktown in Detroit, Michigan And I'm joined on the line from there by Sheila Cassidy Who is Chair of the Detroit United Irish Societies Sheila, good morning And you're in Cork at the moment Good morning to you
17: Good morning to you, and thank you for getting us on the air this morning. Yes, we're actually in Mallow currently. Um, I'm the chairwoman with a wonderful committee that we are in charge of the Queen of the Detroit United Irish Society's program, and we have a village town in uh, Ireland, in Detroit called Corktown, which was named after many many immigrants that left Ireland and settled in the neighborhood, and hence took over the land, and now that the name Corktown, Detroit. So we are building the bridge between County Cork, Ireland, and Corktown, Detroit.
6: And this is a regular visit that you do uh, with the the Queen of Corktown. T- tell me about that competition.
17: Yes, absolutely. We have uh, ladies of Irish descent. They um, are judged in front of a live audience of their knowledge, heritage, culture of Irish history, and they um, they share their story through questions that they are provided with and are judged on and. The winner comes over to Ireland and then to come court council. They become partnership with our program that will guarantee that if we work hard on our side of the water, they'll work hard over here so we can have the Queen come over each year. And, um, having said that, now we have the mayor uh, come over to our parade in March. And this all started with the, the hard work and determination of John Paul O'Shea and Nicola Ragger, who, um, helped us to get this on the road. So, um, my hat's off to, to those two individuals. And we've had a delightful time here in and all past mayors that have been to Cork, Detroit. And um, it's just wonderful being here. But what I will do, if you don't mind, I'll turn the phone over to the ladies because it is about the ladies. That'd be great. So I'll yeah. first turn you over. I'll turn you over to Claudia, who has been our queen for two years. And she'll tell her a little bit of a story. There she is. And thank you.
6: Hi, Claudia.
17: Hello. Hi. Hi lo- how are you?
6: Good. Lovely to talk to you. So tell me about being queen of, of Corktown, how it all came about and what it's been like for the last couple of years.
17: Oh, it's been wonderful. So there's a scholarship competition and you go on stage, you get, um, you talk about your public speaking, you get interviewed one-on-one with judges and you also turn in a biological form and answer questions. So we look at those couple of things and you know, and you get crowned and then there's a court. So there's a queen, a first and second runner-up and the first and second runner-up gets scholarship money and the queen gets a trip to Ireland. And, and what, so it's a wonderful March.
6: What what are your Irish connections, Claudia?
17: Mine are um I have family from Mayo. So specifically my grandfather was from Island eighty in Kesselbar. and my grandmother was from Ackle Island in Mayo. Okay. <laughs>
6: okay. And and you you stay you were Queen for two years because of the the pandemic. What kind of things do you, as well as your trip to Ireland, what kind of duties does the does the Queen of Cartown have?
17: Correct. So we represent the 30-plus societies of Detroit, Irish societies, and we also represent uh, County Court Council over here. So we'll go to parade fundraisers. We represent in our St. Patrick's Day parade down in Detroit. We do, you know, things that we go to the ballpark and do Irish Heritage Night at a baseball game for Detroit Tigers. We'll go, we work with um, charities. We adopt a family for Christmas. You know, we provide them with some things that they would need to get gifts for their family, just loads of stuff we participated in. Yeah.
6: So what do you think of Cork? How does it compare with, with Cork Town?
17: Oh, it's beautiful. Cork is definitely beautiful. You know, we don't have the ocean over there, but we went to Cove, and my grandmother actually sailed from there to come to America in 59. And so it was just incredible to see the beauty, yeah. you know, just the the vibrant colors of everything. Everyone has been so incredibly welcoming. Yeah.
6: Yeah, they they that they, the I think pretty much everyone who left can can find a connection back to Cove because so many of them left oh, yeah. from there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you have you you've, you've done an extensive tracing of your of your family tree at this stage, have you?
17: Yes, mm-hmm.
6: yes. Yeah. Okay, I think you've got the present Queen Sarah with you there. Do you?
17: Yes, yeah. yes. I'll put Sarah. On. Sure,
6: great. Right. This is Sarah. It I, 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 is it Sarah Goom or Sarah Gum? is the name?
17: Hello. Hi, Sarah. Sarah.
6: Sarah. Your second name, is that Goom or Goom?
17: Yes, Gum. are. Uh,
6: <laughs> now, tell me a bit about yourself. What are your Irish connections?
17: Yeah, so I have um, connections on both my mom and my dad's side. We're a little bit more knowledgeable about our connections on my mom's side. So I have family from Limerick, and then I also have family from Kilkenny.
6: Okay. Okay, and and what do you think of Cork, as I said to Claudia to, to there, compared to Cork Town? What do you think of Cork?
17: Oh, it's absolutely beautiful. Um, like Claudia was saying, just the ocean and the colors. But more so, I mean, the sights are wonderful, but the people here are just incredible as well. Um, everyone's been more than welcoming to us. So it's really been just one of the best weeks, yes. really, of my life.
6: So how long are you staying around for? How long will you be here for?
17: So my mom and I actually flew in and we landed in Dublin on Saturday. Um, and then we made our way up to Cork. Oh, sorry, made our way down to Cork.
9: <laughs> you got that one afternoon. right.
17: <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, made our way down to Cork on Sunday afternoon and we've been here ever since. And then we actually depart from Cork this afternoon. And my mom and I will be heading up to Galway for a few days. And then we finish out our trip in Dublin on Saturday morning.
6: Great. It's been an exciting time. Are you meeting relatives, descendants,
17: yeah, so we actually, this is my second time in Ireland. Um, the first time was back in 2017. I was over here because my younger sister was competing at the World Championships for Irish Stands. Okay. And we were able to meet some of our distant cousins actually down in Kilkenny for a few days. So That was really cool. Um, and I think we might try and stop by and see them again here on our way home.
6: Fantastic. Fantastic. Will you enjoy your visit, uh, Sarah? And congratulations on being crowned Queen of Corktown 2022. Also the same to Claudia. Enjoy the trip and to Sheila, chair of the Detroit, Detroit United Irish Societies, the Queen of Corktown. No, I hadn't heard about mm. it until now either, but it's, it's lovely to have you here and enjoy your, enjoy your stay and safe travels. And the one thing I'm impressed about oh, is you understand Dublin. the difference between up to Dublin and down to Cork.
9: <laughs> and up thank to Galway. So much for us. <laughs> Delighted. Yeah, <laughs>
6: thank, thank you Thank you all, Sheila and Sarah and Claudia. There's a thing, though. When you think about the way we talk, right? We say up to Dublin, okay? Down to Waterford, down to Limerick, up to Galway. Why? The country's flat. Do you know what I mean? It's not sort of vertical, it's flat. So we go up to. But they've got it. <laughs> They've got a handle on it. Thank you, ladies. 0818 96,
9: 96, 96 Can we just talk?
2: The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan.
4: Text or WhatsApp now. 083
2: On Courts 96 FM. But there's
6: some sad news from the world of literature and children's literature in particular. You may or may not know the name of Raymond Briggs. Raymond Briggs has passed away at the age of 88. And you'll wonder, who's he? He is the man who wrote The Snowman. That beautiful Christmas story that is performed year in, year out. It was the musical that spawned Walking in the Air. All of that, Raymond Briggs has passed away at the age of 88. No doubt the Snowman would be performed and listened to with extra affection uh, this Christmas. Yes, I am already talking about Christmas because it is only 136 days away. Just thought I'd drop that one in. But between now and then, we've lots more to do, including her Outdoors Week, which is on, at the moment, 8th to 14th. August. And tell me about it, Deirdre Ní chalanon joins me. She works with the Cork Sports Partnership. Deirdre, good morning.
18: Good morning, Peter. How are you?
6: Very good. Ta- talk to me about Her Outdoors Week. What, what is it all about?
18: So, yeah, so Her Outdoors Week, it's a Sport Ireland initiative. It's This is the second year that this week has been run. And really, the purpose of the week is about inspiring and empowering all females nationwide to get out into the outdoors to immerse themselves in nature and really to have fun in the outdoors and we're talking about girls we're talking about women we're talking about older women it's for every all females out
6: there mm, there's an opportunity um, out there for everybody to get out and but look at the week absolute. for it for goodness sake look at the week uh, you got uh, you know we
18: could not
6: have asked for
18: better it really is seeing the outdoors in the best light possible because this week we've got to have women on the water, we have women up on the hills, we have women doing road bowling, we have women fishing, we have women hiking, orienteering, doing triathlon activities. Like it's Everything is out there and to be able to do it in these conditions is even more spectacular.
6: Talk to you about some of the things that are on and can people still get involved?
18: Absolutely. So here in Cork, the Cork Sports Partnership, they would be one of the big drivers of the Her Outdoors Week and some of the activities still taking place. So today, for example, there's orienteering that's taking place in Tremor Valley Park in Cork and there are fishing activities. There's still a chance to get there if you want to go fishing this afternoon. But other activities that are still to take place uh, would include mountain biking in Ballyhower on Saturday. There's road bowling on Thursday. There's activator poles and park fit. Um, There's equestrian, which is a therapy riding session that's taking place in Bantry on the 12th. And then also trail walking both in Clara Mountain near Mill Street and also a coastal walk in Butlerstown Village. They're both taking place on Sunday. So that's... That's coming under the remit of the Cork Sports Partnership. But there are also other organisations out there, such as some of the triathlon clubs. Um, we have Skull Triathlon Club and Kinsale Triathlon Club are both doing activities this evening. So go check them out. And um, There's some kayaking activities taking place as well later on this week. And if you do want to find out what is happening, so if you go into the Sport Ireland her and go through to their Her Outdoors Week they have this event finder and on the event finder you can find out all the different activities that are taking place around the country and that are taking place in Cork mm. City and County.
6: I had a look at the list earlier on it's amazing the number of things that that are on for for women up and down the country and you don't necessarily you mentioned triathlons there No people are going oh my god you don't actually have to be really fit
18: you do not have to be fit at all. This is about, like, this week, a lot of it is about giving women an exposure to a sport, to an environment that they may not be familiar with, their taste recessions. So, so it's about giving them the opportunity to get a, a feel for what some of these activities and sports may be about. But also, so whilst these may be like a standalone session, but a lot of these programs, a lot of the activities, It's about an introduction to a sport, it's about an introduction to an activity, but also it's about uh, showcasing pathways into a particular environment if they do want to get more involved. So each activity will have a a pathway forward for women to get more involved should they wish to pursue it.
6: Of course, there's a huge social side as well to all of this. You You make new friends
18: i think when it comes to well when it comes to sport in general when it comes to the outdoors it is all about social engagement interaction having a lot of fun um and i think that's what's so brilliant about the outdoors is that it's there's no formula to it it's just about being out there it doesn't matter what the weather is i know this week the weather is absolutely spectacular If this week, if it were raining, you'd be out there with your rain jacket or your wetsuit, whatever, and you'd still be indulging, you'd still be participating and you'd still be having lots of fun. And I think the different kind of elements that are thrown at you can add to the whole fun side of it. And you have to encourage each other to keep going as well, especially when the weather is bad. And I think women are great for that when it comes to encouraging each other, when it comes to motivating each other. So, like, this week really is giving them an opportunity
6: to do that. Yeah. You have a hashtag uh, on social media where people can find, follow what's going on.
18: Yeah, it's uh, find your outdoors, and that is the hashtag that is being used for all the different uh, social media and uh, for all the different social media engagements that are taking place.
6: Okay. So it's yes. hashtag find your outdoors. All the information and the events and the well, find what's on in your locality—they're all on SportIreland.ie. It's part of Her Outdoors Week. Thank you, dear, dear Denise Callanon from Cork Sports Partnership. Over two hundred and fifty events they did last year, and they have even more on this year up and down the country. And look at the weather. To get out there and find your outdoors. Oh, 0818 96 96 96. We gave out all of our prizes last night. We had a fabulous night. A wonderful, wonderful night. At Le Cabaret in Washington Street. And we gave away the awards in 14 different categories. And of course we had the overall award as well. Which went to the Dean. <clears throat> they will have a massive €5,000 campaign with us here. On Cork's 96 M. But other winners, in case you missed it, other winners in the Best of Cork Awards. Best Gym went to Denny's Health and Fitness. Best Restaurant was the Elm Tree. Best Hotel, as I mentioned, the Dean. Best Burger uh, to Son of a Bun. Best Pizza to Oak Fire Pizza. Best Business Instagram to Photo Island Adventure. And Best Breakfast 2022 was awarded to Market18. Congratulations to all our winners and a huge thank you to everyone who entered, everyone who took part, everyone who talked about it, everyone who contributed to making the whole campaign. But last night in particular, a spectacular evening. It was really, really great and great to be able to do these things again because trust me, you missed the big nights out. We did. We did too. The Best of Cork Awards 2022 with localheroes.ie. Your place to find trusted gas boiler installers, plumbers, electricians and much more. Only on Cork's 96 FM. Don't forget the Ironman is on this week in y'all. Big, big thing for East Cork. It is. It's a huge event. Remember a couple of years ago going down there uh, for the start of it and for the run up to it. And it's a huge, huge event. It's a world event. A world standard event. The Ironman taking place in y'all this weekend and the last time that they were down there i seem to remember that it they were washed out of it absolutely <laughs> washed and blown out of it well that won't be the problem this particular august which is great 0818 96 swing by the lee continues uh, for 2022 right, marguerite you, Ma. hi thanks, Ma. marguerite good morning to you from Starlight Entertainment. Good
3: morning, PJ.
6: Operators of How are you, PJ? Great, absolutely marvellous. And you had a great season last year when we were coming out of COVID. So a big, big summer this year. What do you have happening for us on this weekend ahead?
3: So this weekend ahead, we have, we're have we returning with um, Swing by the Lee, which was um, Swing in the Park originally. So we had one concert already back at the end of May in Fitzgerald's Park, and we were blessed with the weather. And this Saturday looks to be the same. So we, we're returning on Saturday. It's live music from one o'clock until four o'clock. It's a completely free concert. Um, myself, the Lounge Man, uh, my my own band, the Swing Bandits will be performing their brass and rhythm section. Um, and basically it's just a free afternoon of fun music. Um, people tend to come down, they bring picnic blankets, they bring food, there's the cafe is open, the museum is open, the, the, fun, the fun ground is open um, for people with kids, families. Dogs are welcome once they're on the leashes and things like that. So it's, it's really just a very, very chilled out uh, afternoon of yeah. live music by professional performers yeah. um, and it's all completely free. Yeah. So.
6: You, I, I would be recommend recommend anybody to go along and see yourself and Loungey performing together because it's a wonderful, <laughs> wonderful sound when you get together, the two of you. It's so great to be back doing live stuff and oh. on a, in the open air on a, on a weekend like what's ahead of us
3: oh listen it's just as you mentioned earlier we did i i kept kind of the gigs going through covid and we we went around to historic locations in cork which is fantastic we were at black rock castle we were in the port we were in elizabeth fort um but to be able to come back and and i suppose last september we went down to fota because we had to ticket things kind of we were still i suppose coming out of covid restrictions and things like that um and we had the full stage there and I, Jack O'Rourke and Rebecca Storm. Yes, right. But I suppose coming back to Fitzgerald's Park is like bringing it back home. I suppose because that's kind of where he started swing in the park, yeah. um, which has become swing by the lee because it's going across the county now. And it's we've a few. I have a few other things kind of coming up down the road as well, and maybe in October, um, which will be kind of indoor versions as well. Just just for you know because we we always have the panic of the, the sunshine, I suppose, not hitting. But we've been blessed actually every year. And as you mentioned there, I suppose I've. I've been singing for years. Connor Longie, as we'll now call him, is, has been singing. Singing for he he love you for that, PJ. <laughs> <laughs> um,
9: our good so pals. He we've yes,
3: <laughs> yeah. I know, I know. And do you know we've? I suppose I do. Usually there's kind of three concerts outdoor during the summer, and there's different mix of musicians performers um and then i i always kind of team up with connor for one show of the kind of old school jazz and swing and this this year this weekend sorry i have the swing bandits which are, are a, a band um as i said with brass and kind of rhythm yep. and we're going to do kind of some mod- modern songs with a swing Swingify them as we've been calling
9: it—so
3: um, that there's something for everybody, you know. So I know all the classic songs are loved by everybody, but there's always something for the kids who will be familiar yeah. with, and and all ages. And it, it, the brilliant thing as well is it's fully accessible. It's all on the flat. Yes. you know, you can bring a fold-out chair, you can bring a picnic. Uh, the cafe is open, as I said, in, in around the back there of the museum. And, Prasham, and band, there was always a, a like bandstand in, so in
6: there was always a bandstand in the par- yeah. in Fitzgerald Park, but this new one is just fabulous. It's brilliant.
3: Oh, it's it's fantastic and like the amount of performers who just love, kind of, you know, with Starlight now, I get a lot of calls from people, kind of saying, "Look, um, you know, what's happening? Can we get get in and do a gig?" It's, it's kind of, I suppose, it's very prestigious as well. You know, it's it's um the best outdoor space we probably have in the city, um for concerts, and the stage is just fantastic. It, it's just a brilliant setting, and it's so easy to set up there, and and um, the sounds tend to kind of travel down through the city a little bit. Like over the years, I've had American tourists coming up and hearing the sounds down from their hotel and strolling up and which it's, it's a bit like the, the Pied Piper Pied piper vibes of which, which people kind of wandering great. up to hear the light music. Okay.
6: okay, hopefully it'll be a great afternoon. August 13th, which is Saturday from 1 till 4 at uh, Fitzgerald's Park, Swing by the Lee with the lounge men and the songstress and the Swing Bandits and guests to be revealed only on the day. It's all free. Come along, grab a coffee Grab a picnic and just enjoy. Enjoy is the only word. O eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. Speaking of enjoy, all of the hits from this summer's big gigs and there's some Westlife stuff in there, some Elton John stuff in there, loads of stuff that was down the marquee in there, some Dermot Kennedy and the Independence or the most Musgrave Park gigs are all on our Back Garden Festival. Uh, streaming the biggest hits from this summer's headline acts with Harvey Norman and JBL, your specialist in sound this summer. It's on the app, you'll find it there or go to 96fm.ie Next couple of days, and they're giving us heat warnings and weather warnings and all of this. Just be sensible in the sun. Don't go out when it's at its highest in the sky between about 12 and 3. At least don't bam off in it between 12 and 3. It'll be plenty hot enough between 3 and 7 to, to lie out if you're going to lie out. But one thing that needs to be mentioned is our pets. I noticed something yesterday when I went home. Uh, one of my dogs wouldn't touch the water that we would left out for him. And the reason being the water was warm. So one tip I'd give you if you have dogs and cats too because cats like to drink water keep their water in a shaded part of the garden if it's in the garden and if it's in the kitchen and they're popping in and out to it change their water every so often because we've discovered that our little Harry won't touch it once it's gone warm um, take it out of the tap put it down the floor he won't touch it then once it, once it gets warm so as soon as the water is warm take it away and change it because they, you might as well them just looking at it um, keep, keep plenty of water out for the pets day and night even if they're out by night, if cats go out by night just need water for them because the heat they, they have four coats on them and they can't dissipate the heat with their bodies, just be careful of your pets and don't take dogs out for a walk in the middle of the day, wait till the sun is going down or as a lot of people do around me where I'm living, living, you see a lot of people going out in the early morning I'm there and I'm getting the breakfast and getting ready and getting into the car and there's people walking their dogs around the green and throwing a ball for them at half six, twenty past six in the morning because it's cool and it'll be too hot to do that during the day just simple, sensible Things to do over the next couple of days. Lads, it'll be wet and cold long enough. We know that. But for the rest of the weekend and the next few days, remember our animals have no choice but to wear that fur coat. That's it. Programme edited by Fiona Corker produced and researched by Fergal Barry. Enjoy the weather. We'll see you tomorrow just after nine. Oldies
4: and Irish on Corks 96 FM is the big Sunday show on your radio. Big, big, big! Show show, show radio. Turn it up and take it easy with the best music mix for your Sunday morning. Sunday
5: morning. Welcome along to the program. Lovely to be with you on a Sunday morning.
4: Oldies and Irish with Dario O'Callaghan. Sundays, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. With Hidden Hearing, tuning you in so you don't miss a thing. And we've been doing it for over 30 years. HiddenHearing.ie. Corks 96FM.
1: When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers.